Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me the hell, yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spocher. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stancy at your service, but I'm not alone. No ASHs, no Row, no Chino. Life happens. It's the weekend. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, to everybody who's tuned in and to all your moms and to my mom as well. Uh, in case you're hearing this uh, right after Mother's Day, I'm recording this on May 13 and I've got a couple of special guests. So let's bring them in. Uh, we're actually introducing babyface producer Jasper, who's backstage. We're introducing him to the Southeast Asian wrestling scene. We've got a couple of friends from MyPW, or Malaysian Pro Wrestling. First off, uh, let's welcome the MyPW National WrestleCon champion, Miles Karu. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much. Uh, that's right. I'm the MyPW National. This is the WrestleCon. And the National Champion. Yes, I am. I'm the championship. That's right. Yeah, so it's Miles Two Belts, kind of like Roman Reigns. Well, kinda, kinda. You could put it that way, I guess. Oh, yeah, I, I recognize the WrestleCon belt very well uh, after Crystal oh. held it for two, three years, basically through much of the pandemic. She had that for way too long. That was like, that was like three years or something more than oh, that. My yeah, goodness. way too long. I think everyone can agree. Uh, can agree. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then the chuckle that you heard in the background is from another friend of the podcast, Cornelius Lowe. How's it hanging, my friend? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. How is everyone doing? I am doing very well now that I'm here with uh, Stan and Miles, I, I guess. Ugh. All right. Uh, it's always fun to talk to our friends from the region, our friends from uh, the wrestling scene at that. But, you know, um, I came into this with a bit of an idea of where we want to go. But of course, I want to uh, be gracious to our guests. And with that, I ask. So what do you guys want to talk about? Oh. That's a nice one. No. Honestly, <laughs> honestly I want to hear about what's happening with you and JDL. Like, what's going on there? Oh, oh, oh. We're, we're turning it around on me. Well, uh, this yeah. is... Oh, my role here is to be the one asking the questions, but I guess in broad strokes, it's a nice little <laughs> partnership that we found ourselves yeah, in, yeah. trying to raise the level of professionalism in Philippine professional wrestling. Mm. So mm. I'm, I'm really, uh, really keen on exploring that in the next few months, hopefully years. So it's a nice new chapter Ooh. in the story mm. of uh, Pinoy wrestling, the story of JDL, the story of Mr. C. But enough about that. Uh, we have enough time uh, to, to get into all of that later on. I only have you guys for the next hour. So uh, let, let's uh, let's talk to Miles first. Um, a belated congratulations on uh, winning both my PW championships and I guess essentially unifying them. In a sense, first of all, yeah, thank boo. you very much. First of all, um, boo. He, he's just a bit, um, you know, rattled and a bit salty because technically I won the national championship in that same match mm. as well. Why so, am I involved you know, with so many fatal four ways? He's still got a bit of hard feelings on that one. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Cornelius Lowe, uh, you're someone that the Philippine wrestling scene has been exposed to because you did make your way here in what, what was it, 2019 for oh. Ubusan ng Lahe, the uh, yes, our equivalent Lahe, yes. of Survivor Series, basically. Indeed, indeed. Oh, that was a memorable time, indeed. Memorable time, indeed. I'll never forget tasting his fingers. I forgot his name, but I'll never forget his fingers. Yeah, uh, we don't need to mention that person's name. Uh, if if his fingers left such an ungodly sensation in your mouth, uh, oh. so so we, we, we yeah, don't need yeah, to get like, into specifics. Yeah, 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 if you yeah, were there, yeah. you knew. If you know, you know, right? Yeah, if you, yeah, exactly. right. So uh, let, let's ask Miles and Low uh, Low here to fill us in on the state of Malaysian pro wrestling. I guess we can start there. Maybe the scene as a whole, because like. Basically, the entire world of wrestling outside of WWE, when the COVID-19 pandemic happened, everyone had to shut down. But you guys actually picked up much faster than the rest of us. Did we? Did we now? That's that's an interesting way of putting it. I, In a sense, you could say that, but in a sense, not really. Because Mm, COVID hit when? Like 2020 and around March? Yeah. And that was pretty much the, the stopper for everything. In fact, after... Literally, we kind of did a show like two days after lockdown started or a day after lockdown started because it was really scheduled. And mm-hmm. there were some people who actually came in from interstate and like they're like, okay, we just still have to come to the show. We had to mm-hmm. scale it down massively. Uh, we still did my PW New Moon. But after that, we definitely everything came to a halt and like no one knew what was going to happen and everything. And eventually, about we, we found ourselves in a position where, well, my PW is left with literally almost no wrestlers, basically. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Less than five uh, wrestlers, maybe, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, something like that, something like that. Uh, and in some ways, frankly speaking, frankly speaking, this MyPW, this new era of MyPW, uh, to put it very simply, no Carlo Cannon, no new MyPW, uh, essentially. Uh, he, he was the guy that sort of uh, assisted uh, with, uh, with, with Eman. Uh, I think he used, he used to go by Eman the Kip, now he goes by Eman Asman, right? Isn't that right, Miles? Yeah. yeah, so uh, basically he assisted him, and we got something's going on even during the pandemic. So we had online classes essentially, so we could still be under uh, Carlo Cannon's tutelage uh, and and learn under his very very wide and and girthy uh, tree. <laughs> he he's, he is a tree stump of a man. My goodness, with so much uh, literally and um, metaphorically as well, because like his, his his knowledge is as is, is like a massive tree branches everywhere, and so is him. He's like a literal tree trunk. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. let's get into that because I want to explore that uh, relationship that you guys have formed with Carlo Cannon, who's actually half Pinoy uh, and has spent yeah. uh, basically uh, the bulk of his career in Australia. So he's part of the same generation as uh, the likes of Robbie Eagles, the Iconics. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they kind of came up through the same ranks, right? In the same uh, mm-hmm. Australian independent circuit. So, what was it like, um, I guess, touching base with Carlo Cannon and then having him become an integral part in my, my PW's resurgence? I, it all started in around February 2020 when Carlo actually wrestled at my PW. He wrestled Eman, and uh, that was one of the best matches I think my PW has seen ever. And it was, and it was followed up by the following month. He came back and wrestled against Eddie Powers. That was at the show that was massively scaled down before COVID hit. Uh, but obviously, since then, uh, he was he was the one who has been training Eman when Eman has been in Australia. And since COVID hit, obviously, everything closed up and locked down. But Carlo was still running his school, Vicious Pursuit, in Australia via online classes. And a few of us at the time joined MyPW, uh, from MyPW, joined the Vicious Pursuit online classes by mm-hmm. uh, directly. Mm-hmm. And I was there from near the start all the way to the end of the online classes era. And even still now, we still do run online classes with him. And... Mm-hmm. There was almost a period for two years where it was every day uh, around like 6 p.m., 5 p.m., where we would jump online for like two hours and just learn and soak in everything for like daily for two years. That's crazy mm. to think, but that's what it was mm. like. Indeed, indeed. Uh, spoiler alert, there's a lot of th- uh, theory crafting uh, and, and learning about the stuff beyond the physical in professional wrestling. A shocking amount, folks. You have no idea. It was, yeah, it's, I think the online classes definitely helped shape me a lot as a person and as a pro wrestler now. Uh, it helped me like learn from all kinds of people. Like we've We've spoken to guys like 
Jinder Mahal, guys like Matt Seidel, guys like PJ Black, like all these guys from all over the world. And we had the chance to learn from them and from Carlo. So it's really helped refine our our abilities and refine our knowledge in wrestling. Indeed, no, indeed. that's huge. I mean, I can't imagine uh, what it'll do for our scene if we had access to that type of environment, right? Even if uh, you would say that it was just a Zoom call or a virtual learning session where somebody like Jinder Mahal, who's literally made it to the top of the industry, or someone like mm-hmm. Matt Seidel and PJ Black, who made it to WWE, right? So uh, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it's a huge deal. But I've got to ask about that thing you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago where uh, where you said that at one point, my PW just had five wrestlers to its name. So um, I'm assuming you are one of the five. Who are the other four? I, I was just throwing a number. That. I think it's under five. I, uh, from from what I know, Low was was pretty like in and out inactive at this point as well, <laughs> and like very unsure. Oh, what, what's what's next for me, kind of thing? Because he's he's just kind of got the national belt, and like that's kind of what he's doing. But there was literally just Eman, pretty much, and then there was me and. Most mostly everyone else had kind of left. In a hey, I stuck we on. Tried to, I stuck on. Well, I? yeah, you stuck on. But like, we tried to, we tried to like organize some things, but things didn't really work because everyone kind of was like, okay, my PW kind of dissolved into nothingness. So I guess people just like, you know, ended up uh, taking the ball and going home. Mm. But it, yeah, at, at it, the point it was literally just me, Eman, Carlo, and I guess Cornelius Lowe. That's that's all we had. Yeah, yeah that's four yeah. people. That's not a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So and Carlo is back... living in Australia, and so is Eman. So it was like, yeah, what is exactly? That really? So that that's it goes back to me saying that, that this is now a new era of my PW where we had to build up, uh, uh, build ourselves back up, where we had to get new trainees, uh, and they come in for their training via online lessons first and foremost. That's that's how it started actually for you know during the pandemic era. And once we once we could finally get out uh, of the the pandemic, uh, quote unquote. Uh, Here's hoping, uh, you know, uh, then those folks from the online classes actually could come in to a physical space to uh, to finally actually uh, train. Ooh, ooh. So uh, in some ways, um, slowly but surely, we've built ourselves we've, we've built ourselves we've built ourselves up a quite a nice little roster, haven't we, Miles? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the foundations are very strong now, and I, yeah. and I hope it's look, break. Look. <laughs> yeah, look, look, look. I, 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 I put it this way: I actually have to give a lot of credit to to Miles. I'm sort of I do assist a, a good bit with, with the trading and and, and stuff because uh, uh, I've got a good bit of experience. Uh, I like to think I've got a good bit of knowledge in this whole uh, grappling nonsense, uh, but. But Miles Kuru really has been under uh, Carlo Callan's uh, learning tree more than anyone else, more than me, more than uh, more than Wonder Boy. You could argue, uh, you could argue he's been going harder than even even Eman, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, so it was via him. It was so in some ways Miles was the conduit from which uh, the Malaysian lads could learn from from Carlo. You know, because you know, Carlo will give give. Uh, uh, give Miles all all the notes and 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 the trainings and and the and the routines and then the boys learn from from Miles uh, uh, in consequence. So yeah, right. So basically, uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic happens, and you guys go through uh, basically something like what we went through here in mm-hmm. the Philippine wrestling scene. So it's very relatable, uh, except that you know uh, I was on the other side of 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 things, but we don't need to get into that. Um, so how do you go about finding a new set of wrestlers, or how do you go about refilling this roster when, as you said, Miles, it was really just a handful of people? Ah, so it, it literally started at from. A conversation with me and Carlo because even during this time Eman was going through quite a lot and he was very um he, he was not as present for all the online classes he was going through a lot and yet university to worry about as well so uh I, I pity the dude but the dude has gone through so much and he has uh come out the other side much stronger but it was literally just me and Carlo because I was in Carlo's online classes for months now and it was a conversation mean between me and him and I was it was talking about oh like my no one's really doing anything in wrestling as a whole like in southeast asia it's pretty much a standstill but you're running vicious pursuit still in australia um and i and i basically proposed him the idea is there a way we can start up my pw and get it involved with you and vicious pursuit and that's how that started and then we eventually took that to eman we we sat down three of us as a team we we had plans and 
we started trying to advertise it. Online classes for, for online class tryouts, in a sense, online class introduction to wrestling. And then eventually people started joining. And that's how we have started to fill out our roster. And honestly, it's the weirdest thing because these are guys that I've seen from some of them just a few months, some of them two years online. And then suddenly one day, we're, we organized the first in-ring class again. Indeed. And it's all these guys that I've only seen through screens for like... yeah. So you're like, like, oh, I didn't know you had legs, or oh, I didn't know you had this ball, or this short, or whatever. It's so weird. Like, why are you a real person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I can relate to that. I can relate to that, because like Lo, I work in voiceover as well. So I was taking Mm. a lot of these VO workshops and seminars for, you know, the the two Mm. years plus where we were all stuck at home, right? And then getting together Mm. with with these VO talents and artists in real life and seeing, oh, wow, I didn't realize how uh, this is how you look (laughs) from uh, like the chest (laughs) down or whatever, right? Without being pervy about it. It, It's just weird seeing the person outside of that little box on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. It's surreal. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess one small little silver lining to, to all of these online classes was that we're able to actually uh, attract uh, uh, the, uh, trainees from out of state, uh, actually. We have uh, folks from people from, from the north, uh, even. So I'm talking about like people who wouldn't do like, I don't know, drive five, hour, five hours long, you know. And in fact, we still have a, a few uh, trainees that come down, come, come down from the north, actually, from the northern we have states. one, two, three, four trainees who... who who come down from northern states. Right, so yeah, that's dedication. Because for people who don't yeah. know, Malaysia has a federal government that means they've got states. What do you have, like 14 states? Did I get that right? Something 13, sort, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, wow, I very good. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm not I'm not Malaysian. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah. spitballing here based on yeah, what I remember. That's a pretty solid Malaysia. guess, though. You, yeah, you know? yeah. And and like uh, Lo, I know you live in Petaling Jaya, which is like a good hour away from Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know where you guys train. Do you train in KL? Uh, yeah, we yes, do train KL. Right. So when you say that uh, somebody comes from up north and has to travel down to KL, uh, it, it, it really is a huge amount of travel one way just to train and then another way of however many just hours to just to get back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's uh, are, are you saying... Right, yeah, uh, you're basically saying that, uh, you know, despite the circumstances, it did open up an opportunity for uh, my PW to be less KL-centric. Um, yeah, definitely. We had yeah. a student from Brunei as well, and we had, student, we had a couple students from Indonesia as well. So we were, like, mm. really flabbergasted at that point, you know? So, like, we, we were able to attract so many people from all around, uh, all around Malaysia and even just outside Malaysia. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. Mm. So where, uh, where's the roster count at right now? Ooh, ooh, I would have to. Uh, we're, we're in double digits now, which is which is definitely big progress. Uh, All right, I guess that's a promotion. Of, yeah. <laughs> in terms of trainees, we have a lot more than what people have actually seen at New Breed because in New Breed, uh, for for those Malaysian based wrestlers, if we say Malaysian based, it means we can't count Emma or Carlo. It would be myself, Cornelius, Wonder Boy. Uh, and then we debuted five new wrestlers at New Breed, which would have been Jago, Kaisel, uh, Tommy Ardi, Blazing Raj, and Jack Alexander. So it's five of them. And then we have a good five plus who are almost ready for a debut and even more who are still training up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We're, we're close to 20, I would say. Yeah, close to yeah. 20, maybe even yeah. more. Yeah, not bad considering that, uh, you know, you guys went through an exodus and had to basically rebuild the roster from scratch. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to ask about the Performance Center because that's something I remember from when Bombay Suarez and Chris Panzer worked my PW. I believe it was in 2016. That was a a good seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being so stunned that uh, Malaysia had a Performance Center. So do you guys still use that PC? Oh, Funny you should mention that actually. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Miles, give me, give me, give me. I'm, I'm the old, I'm the older. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you take this. So, so funny enough, uh, do you do you remember where that performance center was actually? Are you exactly? asking me? Yes, yes, Dan. No, 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 I don't. I I've only seen pictures. Uh, so I'm mm. like, I know there's like a ring and like a dorm, and that's it. Exactly. Uh, well, no, I'm not sure about dorm, but 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 no, uh, uh, where we are based at now is what we call Kampung Baru Kuala Lumpur, essentially a new village. So it's so that area is considered like the the last uh, culturally Malay village in Kuala Lumpur. So it uh, and that area, in fact, I believe it was one of the very first uh, uh, training center. Uh, 
our one of our first training venues actually for my PW. We've bounced around uh, in in multiple different venues uh, ever since then. But during the pandemic era, uh, we went back to that to that place, uh, and so yeah, now now it's 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 our our HQ. Uh, it's a, it's a HQ again. There's a nice vertical ceiling, uh, lots of fans, uh, even a. Uh, even right outside is actually a, a full-on uh, badminton court sort of a space where we can do do our cardio. So yeah, yeah, it's it, and and it's not in it's in KL Heartlands too. So pretty decent, pretty decent, all things considered. Hey, uh, congratulations for having yourselves like a dedicated space to train because not every promotion in our region can actually say that. Like mm-hmm. uh, when I was at PWR, we had to you know keep renting the boxing ring of a very low maintenance gym. So and and that gym has since closed because of the pandemic. So you know it mm. ran out of business. Oh. Uh, so not everybody can say that they're fortunate enough to have a dedicated training space, which is something that my PW has over, I would say, a good number of the local promotions here in Southeast mm. Asia. Mm. Going back to you guys, so uh, you guys rebuild my PW. You've got your uh, your HQ on lock, and then you hold a new show. How many shows have you held since the relaunch? Oh, it's been just the one so far. We have more in the works, but there's been different delays. Like, we would have hoped to have run another one since the previous one. But due to, I would say, circumstances out of our control, because some Mm. things are collaboration-based, some things are um, just other things not falling into place. We Mm. haven't been able to do it. But we're Mm. definitely looking to collaborate more with other other promotions around the region as well. And Mm. also trying to run more this year, like we, yeah, I, I really hope we could maybe do three or four more. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say though, uh, my PW new rate, excellent start, excellent start. Because from what I could see, as as, as someone who's been with my PW for, sheesh, I've been I've been with my PW, uh, close to as much as as long as Emma actually. Now that I think about it, uh, so uh, my new breed, great start. You know, we was full house, right? Wasn't it miles or something like that? We oversold out. We uh, oversold. We oversold. We, we didn't realize uh, because we we eventually had to add like extra seats and figure out extra places to put seats. Good, you should we have sold out more than we uh, yeah. expected. And yeah. oh yeah, screw more, the fire department's rules for like yeah, screw the yeah, uh, capacity yeah, and yeah. Uh, safety yeah. limit or yeah. whatever. We gotta sell yeah. out, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we're kidding. Like, we're we kidding. sold out. We were like, yeah, we can fit more chairs, and then we we definitely couldn't fill out when we sold out more. And then like, oh no, we gotta figure mm. something out here. Yeah. So we managed to squeeze I... everyone in, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure it's still an adjustment at this point because uh, pre-COVID, um, I'm not exactly sure how many shows you used to run in uh, in a calendar year. Oh, uh, pre-COVID, um, it would have been around. We, were, I think, we were trying to do once every other month. But coming towards the end of COVID, we were at we were basically going one show per month from yeah, yeah, like yeah. I want to so, so, say so, November to when things shut down. Yeah, so it really does does depend. When I first started off, it was we were lucky if it was like three to four shows per year or something. Yeah, so it really depended. It really depended. Yeah, it's very similar to the PWR journey where we started with like two, three, four shows a year. And then mm-hmm. ultimately, we uh, it, when we figured out the, the system and got our rhythm going, we would have like one show a month, uh, except for like mm. December, which is nuts here. Uh, <laughs> but like for, for, for you guys, you know, um, I guess you're just back in that space where you're trying to figure out that rhythm, trying to get that momentum going. So um, like zooming out, I guess, What's the goal for uh, my PW at this stage of the resurgence? To keep on keeping on for me, uh, just keep growing the roster, keep trying to be able to to pay the rent and be able to keep the the fans and all that going. To be able to keep having training sessions, keep having our online classes, and try to slowly but surely build up more on our on our public presence as well with our shows and so on and so forth because that's definitely what it what has been for us because since covid um pretty much didn't it, it finished i would say, i don't know but when things started to open up uh we were one of the very last promotions in Southeast asia to run our first show and that was truly because we had to take it slow we were still a lot of us were new to it eman was back and he was show running as well for new breed and that was his mm. first time I was mm. very involved with the show running. Wonder Boy was involved with the show running. Carlo was somewhat involved as well. 
and all, all of us we were all new to this so we had to we had to take it slow we couldn't rush into it so we started training around in the ring around 2022 in february and it was a whole year before we finally had our first show again oh shoot mm. I, you know what i was mistaken then because i had assumed that you guys were back at it in 2022 i i didn't realize that new breed was just earlier this year um i had the impression yeah. that malaysia as a whole had uh loosened its covid restrictions much earlier than the philippines did because when i was over there it was as if it was back to normal right like with everybody being maskless and whatnot um i, Currently, I mean uh, yeah i would say so the only places mm. masks are really required are uh, in hospitals and trains. That's yeah, as I found out when I was with Lo, <laughs> like from personally, yeah. find out he's like, all right, all right, bro, uh, whip out your mask. I was like, all right, fine. And I'm not talking about this one, mind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, um, I want to go back to Carlo Cannon here because it seems to me that he has a very active role in my PW, despite being based in Australia. So, can you describe what his uh, his JD is? He has to babysit Mouse in Mantovoy. <laughs> I'm starting this off with a slander. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Again, Lowe's only salty because he lost the chance. <laughs> you know? uh, no, Carlo is, is he's officially our head coach uh, since 20, late 2020 or early 2021, something like that. He's officially been our head coach and he's been uh, working with us online basically every day and then until... 20, until things opened up for Australia as well on a more regular basis, it became much tougher for him to run daily online classes as well. Like there were times where he would stream uh, online cl- the their classes in Vicious Pursuit for the MyPW guys to watch as well. Um, but now it's more down to about once or twice a week. He will jump on online if possible and sometimes pre-record classes. And there's also like the back end of me and him having to always like be discussing things and him trying to uh, make sure I I pick up my slack and I work harder and I do better or that kind of thing. And right. teaching Wonder Boy, you know, general things. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's really uh-huh. in in the capacity of a full time head coach. So um, you know. That, that's invaluable. Like even if, uh, let's say, every member of the roster has to chip in to pay uh, someone with his experience to impart that knowledge, that's still a huge deal. You're, you're definitely getting way more than uh, what you're hypothetically paying for. Oh yeah. Well, um, speaking about that, he doesn't take any money out of it either, which is crazy uh, to me. But that was the one thing he said is because he was like, Eman is literally like my son. And then I am apparently his adopted <laughs> son now. And so he sees how we have We've we really wanted to, to to make a resurgence after like I had my chat with him and he was like, okay, you know what, I'll do this and I won't take anything out of it. Just take the money from the boys and make sure it goes to the school and uh, keep the school alive, keep it running for now. And that, he that's still amazing. Doesn't want to take any money from it, so um, mm. it's crazy. But he is such a blessing for my PW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so you, you mentioned that uh, whatever uh, whatever Carla should be getting as compensation ends up going to the school. So uh, what do you guys put the money into? Like, is it for the maintenance of the ring? Is it for like merch ideas? Uh, where does the money go? For for the most part now, we're just like trying to, again, keep the rent up and maintain the space. And with the rest of it, we try to save and try to at least get our spending power for our shows a bit bigger so that we can, you know, make it more, we can get more sponsorships or maybe we can, uh, make it a bigger deal, get a big, better venue, XYZ, all that, yeah. We were able to run Quash Theater for New Breed as well, which um, was was massive because it, it it's such a great venue. It's an amazing venue. With, and it was my first time wrestling in Quash Theater as well when we had New Breed. And I, I, would, oh, oh. I would just say I would, I would hate to go to what we were running before Quash. You're going to have to help me out here because I've never been to Quash Theater. So, like, uh, the, the only Ooh. place that I kept running to back and forth when I was there last month was the Maba Stadium. So, that's my only point of reference. Mm-hmm. So, how big is it compared to the 1,000-seater basketball gym in Chinatown? It's not, it's not that big. It would, I would say it's um, about... We, we squeezed over 300 people in there, even though mm-hmm. it was, like, supposed to be, like, 200-something. We squeezed over 300 people in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and the there's... Air conditioning is beautiful. The lighting is beautiful. 
the screen is massive. We have a little. Oh, that's all you can area. ask for. Yeah. Backstage is really, backstage is so nice. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a full-on proper theater. Essentially, it's a yeah. full-on proper Wonderful. theater. Yeah, Wonderful. exactly. So I love really the sound of that. We're really I would say we're, the we're best point in. of reference is like one of those like championship wrestling from Hollywood style things where it's yeah. where it's got a main like theater area and then there's like some but most of the people are behind the cameras and behind the mm -hmm. high camera and all that that's where mm -hmm. most people are it's more like it's it's similar to that i would say in a sense yeah actually right. i would like to actually circle back a little bit about about kuash for you for you uh for you in particular miles because in some ways you start off going watching kuash theater and watching a certain australian and malaysian going at it isn't it now yeah, yeah, that was my my first time finding out my PW was watching Eman versus Robbie. That's how I actually found out my, my PW was because I was following like WWE and New Japan at the time, and uh, I was uh, so I saw on Robbie's social media, oh, he's coming to Malaysia for my PW. I'm like, what is what Malaysia? Yeah, like yeah, wrestling exists in Malaysia, which I guess in a sense <laughs> is like, yeah, indie wrestling still has a lot of work to do in the whole Southeast Asia community because I feel like someone like me at that stage of like being like super into like new japan and wwe and like the indies and all that i'm like surely i would have known if there was wrestling in malaysia by now but right right you know we live and learn and i'm and i'm and i try to think about that every time when we're marketing and like how can i find like that kind of person like me as well who's in that same boat who's like into wwe into aew into new japan but like they don't know about wrestling in malaysia like mm -hmm. i was at the time yeah, uh, I can say that uh, a lot of the Filipino wrestlers here for you know for quite some time didn't know about the local scene running its own shows years into the uh, the renaissance of Philippine wrestling. So I, I totally get what you mean here. Um, I want to switch gears here and talk about this event that you took part in uh, just last week with um, Hannah Yo. Uh, she's the Minister of Youth and Sports in oh, Malaysia, yeah. right? Uh, looked like a huge yeah. deal when I saw it on your Instagram, Miles. So uh, for our uh -huh. listeners who might be confused why uh, people from the Malaysian government are uh, rubbing elbows uh, with, with people from the Malaysian wrestling scene, <laughs> can you just set the table for how that even happened? Because like here in the um, Philippines, we can't even get people within the government to give <laughs> give a damn about our scene. Now we've we've been trying for a long time. I can't lie, uh, especially with Eman, he's been trying for a long time. Uh, he even had a. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Meeting scheduled with Hannah Yo before New Breed, which didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we, we had a, we finally felt like we broke through because we had a meeting with uh, Adam Adley. YB Adam Adley, who is the um, Deputy Minister of Youth and Sports. So we had a meeting with him and we thought it went positively. But in the end, we, we realized hmm, he, they, they might not be fully into it just yet. And like, I have to put myself in their shoes as well. And they're looking at basically myself, Eman and Wonderboy. Three kids who are literally, I'm not, I was 19, Eman and Wonderboy were 21. This was a few months ago. And so it's like, 
why would we take these guys seriously? What are they gonna do? You know, they're they're barely out of school, kind of thing, right? And so we had to really work an uphill battle from there. Um, as for the recent event that we had, uh, that we were part of with KBS, which is the Ministry of Youth and Sports, which Hannah Yo was there for, it was for signing a safe sports code uh, for gyms and sports associations across the country and across KL to for the new for some new um, co- code of conduct kind of stuff and all that kind of thing. So we and from what I heard from Emma is that we were invited, and so we had to take that as an opportunity to do the best we could to make things go well. <laughs> hey, congratulations. That's a huge achievement for any wrestling scene because I, uh, you know, most governments don't really recognize professional wrestling, let alone acknowledge, um, I guess, its role in being part of a vital sports scene in any country. So when you said safe sports code, is that referring to just making sure everybody is safe or is this a response to, say, the speaking out movement, which... Uh, really took a hold of our industry at the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic. No, that's that's a good question. It's I would say it's uh, I would say it's like a cross of both, but there, there's mm. elements of both for sure. Um, yeah, that that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, so obviously, it's, it's definitely uh, a cross between both. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a bit of a coincidence actually uh, that they that that whole uh, effect the whole event was. F- Focus on on codes of conduct, uh, essentially, and how to uh, behave yourself, essentially. And obviously, that's something that us as uh, within the wrestling industry really, really took uh, uh, took seriously. And what something that we might be W uh, take seriously. I'm I'm personally yeah. like not really like part of management, so to speak. But uh, but even when it comes to this sort of thing, I. I uh, I think Miles knows that I take this sort of thing really, really seriously. Yeah, we do not sure. faff around with it at all. No, 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 no. This, this, it's very important no, to sure. us. So mm, having, yeah. especially having the having KBS now be able to mm, having exactly. a KBS logo with it attached to it uh, gives it a bit more credibility and gives us a bit more credibility in this in yeah. this um, context. I think. Yeah. yeah, here's hoping that uh, that could be the first step towards getting you guys like insurance premiums, kind of like in Japan or uh, professional wrestling getting recognized as a legitimate really industry, so, right? Uh, mm. In Malaysia, because yeah. uh, here in the Philippines, we're probably centuries behind. I don't know if we'll ever get there <laughs> in my lifetime, but um, you guys seem to be making some headway, some progress. So I'm pretty happy for you uh, on that note. Oh, thank you very much. Really hoping that it, it, it leads to something bigger. For sure, yeah. Uh, let's focus on you guys as individuals. I'm going to start with my friend Lo here, uh, who, who for the listeners, uh, we did get to catch up last month when I was in KL. Uh, Lo here took me to Bukit Bintang over at the, uh, the, 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 the night markets at Jalarlon. There, uh, really what fun there? stuff. Uh, you know what? I was asking him the same question, but I wasn't <laughs> one, one to complain. I was the visitor. I was the tourist. So I was like, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just eat somewhere nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to think Lo did his job well. Uh, but, you know, um, something uh, that our listeners probably don't know about you, uh, especially if they're hearing you for the first time or they haven't really heard from you since uh, you visited for Ubusan ng Lahe, is that you're into VTubing, you're into streaming your, uh, your adventures on YouTube as well. So uh, how did that all come about? Ooh, actually, that's a uh, oh man, that that is a journey and a half. And unfortunately, yes, it does involve miles as well. <laughs> so basically, obviously, what else is there to do when you're stuck in your room with nothing but your computer, and then you're, uh, then you know what else is there to do when you're a live performer? You're a live performer, but you're you're not allowed to to go out and do what you're supposed to be doing as a live performer. And then and then I think I think this is how it started, right, Miles? Uh, Red Dot Wrestling. Correct. Yes. Red so Dot Red Wrestling is in the one that uh, Sam C hosts. Yes. yes that, that that is how it all started for Miles and I, 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 I believe, which is yeah, which, which is basically an online tabletop role playing uh, game series that uh, Sam C, who is a Singaporean uh, stamp comedian, and he's a huge wrestling aficionado. In fact, uh, uh, he started that off. I got contacted by was it actually? It would have been actually go. It was, it was cool. Like, oh my goodness, Dr. Yeah, we, Gore. We, he was he was at my PW for New Moon as well. This was before COVID, and mm-hmm. uh, I will say that the time that we managed to spend with Gore was like was we really like we obviously really appreciated that, and we became really good friends, and that eventually led to Sam, who who was Gore's friend, who was running Red Dot Wrestling. He wanted to do a tournament with wrestlers, and so 
uh, we were fortunate enough to be the, some of the people that Dr. Go invited to join exactly. and the others from the Southeast Asian wrestling community. Indeed, indeed, and that was, uh, and that was just ah, that was, that was just such a ball, such a ball to be to be part of that. And as, at the same time, uh, as well, I'm not sure if you're aware uh, of, of this uh, stand, but at that time, because of the pandemic, everyone was stuck in their, their rooms. In some ways, the sort of avenue that really could spring up, uh, the niche that could really spring out of that. Like like a huge flower was VTubing actually because it's basically to, to, to those who are not aware VTubing is basically uh people who are represented by virtual avatars essentially it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a streamer but it usually does usually you come off looking like some sort of a cutesy or 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 outlandish uh, uh an anime slash Genshin Impact sort of a character uh, yeah. and you get yourself into all sorts of uh, wacky virtual uh, adventures and I was. And yeah, uh, I got I got hit by that bug hard because what else is there to do? And it was just it was just such a, in some ways it was a little to me actually it felt a little bit like going going uh, watching wrestling as a kid all all over again because it was like oh wow look at these crazy characters doing all these crazy things uh, doing all sorts of wonderful collaborations. And then it hit me. I was lying on, on bed feeling sorry for myself. And I realized. Because yeah, also this also coincides with the fact that uh, uh, Miles, Miles has heard this from, from me uh, a gajillion times. I've got uh, some old injuries that I'm still nursing to this day. That still limits me uh, to this day as a wrestler. Um, he is, and... after all, an old man, fifteen oh, or something God. years old. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this brat. So basically, uh, was feeling sorry for myself. I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute, for wrestling. VTubing. I'm an outlandish wrestler, but I'm also still an outlandish character. I mean, I literally uh, could appear on Red Dot Wrestling doing wacky stuff uh, as well. Everyone, like even Sam has said that I was like the resident baddie uh, in, in, in that series of his. I realized Cornelius Lowe can still continue on as Cornelius Lowe, but not necessarily as a professional wrestler. And that's how that journey started, and that's how I began. Uh, actually, actually, I began streaming under Mouse's channel. Actually, he was also streaming as well. And I actually, to start things off, I actually streamed under his channel. Actually, uh, to start things off, just to like you know learn a little bit on, on how in the world do you stream? Because it's right. Oh, there's yeah. so much check. So much check. Yeah, we all had to yeah, figure yeah, that out. Like lot. for us here on the podcast, we had to pivot. Uh, you know, during the height of the pandemic, because we used to uh, record episodes that would last two three hours and it would be such a drag for us and we didn't realize it it was also a drag for the listeners so when we figured out <laughs> figured out how to stream we were able to like streamline everything for lack of a better term and keep it about an hour of a talk show for people to just uh get the highlights of the weekend break down the news whatever hot rumors there are and whatnot so uh i i get that but like the whole vtubing thing is totally new to me because I'm I'm gonna admit that when I hopped onto one of your streams, low, uh, that was my first time seeing a VTuber. I was like, "What the hell? How did you become a cartoon? And how do you even <laughs> create like this anime version of yourself?" Like, I wouldn't know the first thing about VTubing. So, like in a nutshell, how do you even create this animated version of yourself? Ooh, I mean, essentially, you need you need a crew. You need to hire people. Uh, unless if you have to know how uh, yourself. Unless if you're well. For that, you have to almost be like a like a master illustrator. You have to really have, know what what you're doing, uh, uh, uh tech wise. You gotta know how to draw it and then know how to an and animate it. There's definitely a few different programs uh, and different ways to go about it. The most like the most prolific one is what we call live 2D. That's the one where it looks like uh, like legitimately an anime character come to life uh, essentially. So then, and that's the one I use. And right. How do you talk Ooh. like? Uh, how how does your uh, anime version? How how does its mouth move as if it's speaking as you? Yeah, what I'm yeah what I'm saying like right yes, like yes. when we talk, our mouths move a certain way, and it's not like the old days where the cartoon mouths can just go you know open close open close. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm sure you're uh, if if you know what the the Wii remote is, you know what that is uh, the 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 WII thing where you can like, uh, yeah yeah. It's the nunchuck thing, and and so yes. the the game can track your movements. That's essentially what's happening here. So whether it's a webcam or an iPhone, uh, 
you you're basically using a device to track your 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 head essentially, and sometimes even other uh, other limbs as well, like like your fingers, uh, and that's how you're able to control uh control uh the live two D the, the VTuber model. Uh, and yeah, but are you like wearing a device that uh senses your movements? Uh, no, no, it's basically the Technology, the camera. Bro. Yeah, I know, right? Nuts. Now I feel like the old man. <laughs> <laughs> it is remarkable what you can do these days with, uh, with even just a a, a webcam. Uh, and obviously, obviously, you can go the 3D route and put on a full-on suit. Actually, it doesn't even have to be a suit these days. You just have to put on a few things on your wrist and your knees and ankles if you want to like go go do a full body thing. So it doesn't even have to be a suit anymore to do to pull off a decent uh, 3D experience. Actually. Uh, has your VTubing been able to like cross over to an audience outside of wrestling? Like, do people recognize or know of Cornelius Lowe more as a VTuber than a wrestler? Has that happened? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. In some ways, yes, actually. In some ways, yes, because like I have been, I, I, because I, something that I, I enjoy doing, uh, uh, actually these days as part of my channel is actually going to uh, any cons, uh, anime conventions, dressed up. Like what you see before you, uh, as as Cornelius uh, Low, uh, you know, almost as a way to advertise myself and just explore the whole scene. Everyone's dressed like crazy-looking things already. What? So what am I? You know. Uh, so I thought that would be fun to do. And some folks have legitimately recognized me as wrestler first, actually, and they didn't even realize I I was a VTuber. And that's happened before, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Like uh, I, I would pop for that. Uh, just the the fact that I guess uh, your wrestling persona has had some form of cachet that it, uh, it's been able to be uh, recognized it in does, a it different does. community, right? It really does because, like, let's say if I were to do, uh, if I were to stream something that is more pro wrestling centric, um, very easily, uh, my my, my um, the reception to that stream will be a lot. Uh, bigger because guess what? I'm a pro wrestling, uh, uh, a VTuber. If I were to play like a cutesy bootsy visual novel, which I do sometimes, I don't mind. Uh, you know, uh, I, I understand if people might be uh not really into it, but if I'm doing something pro wrestling centric where it's my wheelhouse, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can say more than a thing or two about it. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, for people uh, who are who, uh, who are amazed that Cornelius Lowe has such dulcet tones, uh, let's get into the voiceover work because that was something I was surprised to figure out uh, when we were hanging out last month. I didn't know you were in the VO game as well. So, um, what's that like for you in Malaysia? Like uh, trying to find your niche as a VO. Ooh, that's actually a pretty good question because I'm actually uh, still fairly new to it, and I kind of regretted not getting into it. Uh, earlier, like like pre-pandemic uh, uh, earlier, uh, so I kind of regretted not getting into it earlier. So I'm still trying to explore. I'm still trying to uh, network. Uh, but it's actually been, without saying too much, I, I I've gotten some opportunities flown my way just because uh, I've really uh, put myself uh, uh, out there, speak uh, speaking uh, to the right people, learning under the right uh, tree, and making sure I have a. Uh, I have the, the right equipment. Like for example, I, I'm able to uh, actually uh, get some jobs done because I have my own uh, home booth, and uh, it's not as as fancy schmancy as, as yours, uh, Stan. But oh, mine is you. like <laughs> mine is like basically it's your classic blanket fort essentially. And uh, I think you and I both know uh, uh, even a blanket fort. If you if you set up, I can go a long long way. And I've oh, most legit, definitely. Uh, I've legit done some stuff with it before, so I'm very happy about that. So um, I don't intend to uh, to stop this whole uh, VO uh, journey. So and, and and all this actually is under all under the I, I'm hoping to uh, all this to be under the Cornelius Low banner. So I right. am a pro wrestler, a VTuber, and a voice actor. So this this mask you see before you with this crack, this, this is my calling card, baby. Uh huh. Uh, are you able to VO in all of the national languages of Malaysia? Because you have four, right? Uh, it's Chinese, Malay, English, and uh, is it Tamil? Is Tamil the fourth Ta one? Tamil, Tamil. <laughs> okay, I mean, Wait, we have four it, national languages. I don't even know this. Oh I thought God. it was just Malay. I can't lie. Yeah, we are a complex country, and we are a complex country. Uh, right now, I, I, I'll be, I'm the first to admit that I am. Uh, I, I definitely specialize mainly in, in, in English. It's my first language uh, by far, frankly speaking. Uh, I can. I like. I would love to be able to uh, uh be a bit better in uh, in in Malay because uh, I can do it a little bit, but that's that's still a bit hard. That's a bit. It's it's one thing to speak well in Malay. It's another to voice act 
in, uh, in in Malay. Just like how voice acting in just how even though you might be a good English speaker, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you are a good English voice actor. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, there are a lot of nuance, uh, nuances that go into that, which we don't have the time to get into. Uh, let's segue over to Miles here, because uh, when I first uh, encountered you three years ago in JDL's Among Us games, you were going by Stephen. That was your original ring name, right? And at the time, uh, you know, for lack of a better descriptor, you were much lankier. So you've really gone through uh, a transformation, both physically and with the whole name change and all that. So I guess I'm going to start with how did that all begin for you? This is an interesting story for me because um, this is something for me that I take as a lesson moving forward to make sure it doesn't happen to other people and like in the new MyPW thing. And so I think I think even though this happened at this is like probably something that shouldn't have happened. Um, I don't regret it because I, I like that I can learn from this and uh, make it make sure it's better moving forward. So originally, what happened was um, I would have just started training with my PW recently after the Robbie Eagles match I watched, which would have been mid twenty nineteen, and that's when I started showing some promise with my batch of because uh, I think we one of the biggest batches of new trainees and my pw at the time and there was a good chunk of us who were able to make it through and debut at the upcoming show which would have been in december but before that we didn't really know if we were going to debut what was going to happen and how it was going to come together and so i really take this experience like as as something to make sure it doesn't happen in the future um i was just announced on the card with a name and I didn't recognize it. And I didn't know it was me until a couple days later, maybe when I was told, Oh, that's you, by the way, uh, you're going to have to scrap together some gear in two weeks and you're going to have to figure out how you're going to put this all together in two weeks. And I was like, I, at the time I was thinking I'm ready for this. Like, I'm ready for whatever, but I'm looking back. I'm like, firstly, I'm definitely not ready for this at that time. I wasn't ready. Uh, a lot. I would say almost all of the other folks who were in my batch were not ready at the time, and also did not have any gear to scrap together. Didn't have any time to scrap together anything. Um, and I I look at this name and I think of it as like a oh I was really it was it was kind of a rib in a sense. Like they saw me, I look stick thin. They call me stick thin. I'm like mm. Jesus. All right. Like, okay. Now it makes sense. So, yeah. So mm. yeah. Um. So so that was kind of where the where it started, and I was like. And at the time, I didn't know if I could change it. I wanted to change it. I kind of, I wanted to talk to the people at the time who could make that happen. And uh, things didn't really turn out the way I was hoping for it to. And so I was like, you know what? I'll try and make this work. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll try and do it. And it was, it was interesting for me. It's a good experience for me now at the stage that I'm at. I'm like, okay, I've been through that so that others now don't have to go through that and don't have to be called upon when they're not ready and be called upon without enough notice to scrap together a good enough character presentation gear anything like that how did it feel to be given a ring name that uh you had no control over it wasn't something that you came up with you had no creative input nor control over how you were going to present yourself in your debut match honestly i was I was almost shattered at the time when I when I was told, "Oh, that's you." By the way, I'm like, I'm like, you're you're telling me I'm gonna have to like, my family are gonna like see this and this is who they're gonna be getting behind. This this guy who's literally being made fun of in his own name, and how are the people gonna get behind me as a person, as a as a character, anything? I'm like, yeah, were you supposed, supposed was, to be a baby face at the time? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I was. I was very, I, I didn't know what to do at the time. I was literally panicking. Uh, I was I was talking to Wonderboy, who is to this day probably my my closest friend in wrestling and one of my best friends and my tag partner now as well. Um, I was and I didn't know what to do, and I think it was just a, it was it was it was a lot for me to process. There was a time I was I was there was a point where I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't I want a no show. I want to quit. I like there was all these things coming to my mind, but eventually it was like, it was just a thought of like, you know what? It's okay. Maybe this can change in the future. Maybe it doesn't. But for now, just roll with it and see where it goes. And 
you know what? I'm happy that it happened out that way because here I am now. I, I mean, uh, you know, at least he had the benefit of um, things shutting down for a good amount of time and the <laughs> opportunity to bounce back <laughs> and re-debut as Miles Karu. So uh, this new name, is it anywhere close to like your government name or is there like an origin story to the name? Um, yeah, um, I w- the, the biggest thing about it is the Karu side of it, at least. That's my grandfather's name. And that's one name that I... I that's that's something I hold near and dear because throughout my childhood as well, I was very um, active with him uh, in terms of playing sports and stuff because he was a former Olympian. He ran in the 400-meter hurdles for Malaysia and he represented in the Olympics and he won the silver in the Asian Games as well. Uh, and he was also a former cricketing captain Malaysia so he played cricket for the country and captained the country and so he's he's a dual sportsman so I spent a lot of time with him growing up learning how to run learning how to get better at that and that's also I would say a massive contributing factor as to my style in wrestling now and how I've I've gotten a really good gas tank now in wrestling as well I think that's one of the biggest helping points for me and it also shaped me as a as a person being able to do sports like football, cricket, athletics. Like that really helped, and there are a lot of those things that I can now take into wrestling. So I that's a big part of my life, and that's kind of become part of me as a wrestler now. See, here in the Philippines, there aren't a lot of examples of second or third generation athletes, but uh, clearly in Malaysia, that's not the case because they've got you, uh, who's descended from a line of uh, supreme athletic prowess. So that's yeah, I w- I would something you've got going yeah. in your favor. Yeah, right? you, you, could, you could technically say that because uh, that was my grandfather who captained Malaysia. My uncle also captained Malaysia. Uh, for yeah, so like you're a third and generation athlete. So in a sense, yeah, I'm a third generation athlete, yes. That's amazing. Uh, um, the body transformation is something that I, I've noticed on social media. Because again, like when I first encountered you and I looked you up online, I was like, oh yeah, uh, okay, now, now it makes sense given the old name, right? So uh, how, in, how did you learn to like bulk up? Because you said that, what, you're 19 or 20? Uh, yeah, I was 17 at the time when COVID hit. And yeah. I think that was a big catalyst because um, I, I tried the old, you know, rice and chicken breast diet and mm-hmm. the, and gym and all that but uh i realized it was much it was going to be tougher than that for me because when i first started with that i was supposed to gain two kilos in a month but i only gained 500 grams i'm like huh something's really not working here and so i just decided you know what i feel like if i just eat as much as i can <laughs> Maybe that will be something that that helps. So like I literally dirty bulk your way into getting ripped. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It worked for me because my metabolism is so high to a point where I, I eat a lot, but my abs are still there. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll take this. I just I just got to eat loads, and I will I will just be. I've been on this dirty bulk for how long now? Two years. I will revisit this in ten years. You'll probably be saying things differently. Yeah, two and a half years, three years now. But I, but I've got to, I've kind of set a rule for myself. Like, I'm gonna to stick to this until I lose definition of my abs, which hasn't uh-huh. happened yet. So, I guess the road keeps going. The fury, <laughs> Again, we're gonna book time. another interview in ten years and see how everything has changed <laughs> see how things by change, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, as we begin to wind down here, I want to get a sense of. Uh, where you see yourselves individually, career-wise, because like Miles, um, I I don't think it needs to be said, but for the uninitiated, you're basically one of the cornerstones of my PW, and um, I assume that that's a role you'd like to keep having for the foreseeable future and beyond. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I want to see my PW grow to as big as it possibly can, and my career grow as big as it possibly can. I am very excited to be able to have the opportunity to tag with uh, my partner, Wonderboy, uh, as we go to Singapore um, in two weeks at the time of recording on the 27th of May to take on the horrors, which would be Dr. Go and the Butcher Man. Uh, and following that, I will, I'll also be appearing in Setup Thailand on the 22nd of July. Uh, I'll be defending the, the MyPW National WrestleCon Championship there. So these are all big strides for, for me as a wrestler. And I just want this to continue i want to just take as many opportunities as i can spread my pw spread the championship and like just get it on a 
bigger platform, get it on different platforms, and then bring up my PW with that as well. Right, and and you're doing all of this while I'm assuming being in college or uni. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, no, I, I I finished school when I was uh, 16, and I started training shortly after. Um, so you're really a yeah, full-time so, wrestler at this point. Uh, I would not say that because in indie wrestling, no one's really a full-time wrestler. Yeah. But I definitely have the opportunity and the the uh, the benefit of being able to put more time into it than more people other people may have. But mm. I do try to to I've been I've been doing like off and on side hustles since I've finished school essentially. Whether it's like internships or jobs here and there as well on the side. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lo? Where do you see yourself in uh, my PW's resurgence? Like, what role um, have you been playing? Oh, 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 oh. This is an interesting <laughs> one because um, although yes, in in some ways I've been actually in my PW a good bit longer than the mouse actually, but because of the trajectory of my my body and 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 what's been happening with me with with VTubing over the past couple of years, I, I have a definitely a, a far different. Dirt a far different a far more different journey than than, than miles um on one hand i still would definitely still like to be involved with my pw i would still love to uh uh help help out the lads use whatever knowledge i i i i i've cultivated over the years to help out help, help out the boys because miles as you can see miles is a bit of a jet setter now he's going to thailand singapore he'll, he'll be flying around so um you know someone has to hold a fort here hopefully uh, some... philippines soon as well <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> so uh so yeah so i uh yeah so i definitely still see myself wrestling uh but as to whether i can go as hard as, as miles well we'll have to uh wait, wait and see for that however on the other hand I am seriously enjoying this VTubing journey I am so far. It has been incredibly fulfilling. I'm getting some uh, really interesting opportunities. I'm able to uh, actually use my... I'm very grateful that I actually still have this process experience because uh, I'm still able to make a lot of interesting content out of it. Like something that I'm trying to establish right now is something what I call the squared circle made simple. I'm basically doing a pro wrestling quiz show for VTubers essentially. And I get to uh, show them, let them allow them to peek into this very strange world that can get that can get just as quickly bizarre as, as, as VTubing actually. So that's that's a series I'm I'm trying to make make a long term one indeed. Right. Um, you know, I I really appreciate that uh, you guys took the time to just uh, tell these stories for the Filipino listeners, maybe the Malaysian listeners who are also uh, getting the experience no, I, I, I about your journey. You giving us the opportunity to, to, to jump on this platform as well and share. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, I, I've been listening to you guys for years now, man. Years. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Lo here has been popping in and out of the live streams even, uh, much to our surprise. Uh, so where, where, do, where can people uh, keep in touch with you and keep tabs on whatever uh, you've got going on uh for me i'm at miles Carew pro on everything except for facebook because only boomers use facebook uh <laughs> no no oh, but, like yeah pretty much instagram tiktok twitter uh at, is that it this might be more oh i'm on i don't really do the youtube and twitch as much but i'm on twitch as well i do that sometimes uh and my PW is at my P- MYP Wrestling on Instagram at MYP Pro Wrestling on Twitter. And you can just search on Facebook. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lo? Oh, for me, uh, you can find me uh, on... on- uh, on YouTube at Cornelius Low CH the CH stands for, stands for channel not Chan okay guys uh, and then I can you can also find me on Twitter on Instagram and, and TikTok uh, as well I I, I, I post uh, videos on, on, on all of these uh, socials from time to time so come and check me out folks alright uh, thank you so much to Miles Karu and Cornelius Low terima uh, kasih as you guys say in Malay uh, really appreciate again uh, that you guys just uh, took the time out to be with us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast um, stay tuned because we've got some more content headed your way we've got your usual pick of the week episode so get your picks in and let us know what your favorite matches and segments from the week are it is at Wrestling2XPod on uh, TikTok and on Twitter make sure to follow us as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You can hit us up individually with whatever 
wrestling-related bits you want to talk about, it's at Chino Supersize, at Rois War for the ASHs. It's at EML underscore Meister and at Monday Night Rowan. And for me, it is at underscore Stan C. Thank you so much to Babyface producer Jasper and all the other producers from Podcast Network Asia for uh, at Podcast Network Asia rather for all of the good work that they do behind the scenes and for putting us over big time. And thank you to every listener, subscriber, patron, uh, sharer, follower of the podcast. Really appreciate you keeping us a part of your wrestling diet. On behalf of my guests, Cornelius Lowe and the MyPW National WrestleCon champion, Miles Karu, my name is Stan C. saying stay safe, stay healthy, don't be a dick, and a happy Mother's Day to all moms everywhere. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.